the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's always eventful. It's always interesting, America. And I have to say, it's great. This country is great. I you know, I don't know if I've told you that Pro-America Report is one aspect of the work that I do. One of them is each Friday morning at uh, 10 a.m. Central Time, we organize a prayer call. And we get anywhere between, I don't know, 25 and 60 people to join by phone and we pray together about 30 minutes it's wonderful and i was inspired this past friday by the great um interesting people who are prayerfully uh gathered it's a great country we got a great country america don't let these uh bastards run you down because here's what you need to know today and you know if go over to proamericareport.com sign up for the daily email there and you'll get the the daily wink what you need to know the wink w-y-n-k what you need to know what you need to know and the wink the email that comes to you in the morning is very useful monday through friday 8 a.m east coast 5 a.m pacific time just jump on there free don't sell your email nothing else but it gives you the insight like this it's narrative machine time let me show you how the narrative machine of this country is being used to try to destroy the country it won't work but man it's tough to fight okay so here's the new narrative machine there was a raid on monday of mar-a-lago now what the narrative machine remember the narrative machine is big tech and big media along with big government so the narrative machine kicks in monday there's a big government raid the raid takes place with no notice it's leaked to the press that it's happening but nobody knows what it's about it's it's so important that it's secret right it's it's sealed the documents are sealed and so your your mind is supposed to go oh my what is that about they don't raid my house fbi doesn't come to my friend's house this must be important this is donald trump's house media big tech big media kick in and they're saying oh yeah this doesn't happen this doesn't happen except for something really bad now notice the narrative machine big government big media big tech has hammered home by monday night that something really serious happened and it needed to be law enforcement. Now, most people that listen to this program and pay attention realize this is now in the fine tradition of hoaxes, the the uh, the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, uh, the fine people in Charlottesville hoax, uh, the 20, the January 6 hoax. But a lot of Americans don't. And the message, the narrative that they've been just inundated with is, oh, serious federal law enforcement had to act, big government. And boy, oh, boy, big media. Here's an expert who says, oh, my gosh, this is a terrible historic must be something serious. And big tech is playing right along. As the week goes on and the the messaging looks like it's not working, right? It's not popular. You notice a shift in the narrative. Now there was a leak from big government to big media, Washington Post. So somebody in big government leaks to the Washington Post and says, yeah, it's probably related to, um, well, to uh, national uh, security uh, around the archives, uh, around records. And they realized that wasn't working. So they did a little more leaking. And the earliest uh, 
sounds, the earliest messaging of nuclear secrets was from the Washington Post on a leak by about Wednesday. Now, by Wednesday, it's really not working. Most of the country is like, what is happening? Why is the FBI raiding people's homes for for maybe for paperwork or for records? And so then out comes the attorney general. And he says his big government. Remember, he's the big government guy. He says, uh, this is so serious. Uh, I'm taking this chance to do a press conference. We've gone to the courts and said, unseal the affidavits, unseal the search warrant, unseal the records of what we took so that we can let the American people know. Uh, we sure hope uh, Donald Trump agrees. Donald Trump did immediately. Big media, big government, uh, big media and big tech run along and they say, oh, wow, unprecedented. So serious. What's in there? Because Attorney General Garland said nothing of substance. And by Friday morning, the word was out. It was nuclear secrets. Now, understand what's happened. One of the key things in the Russia hoax was that there was leaks from big government and big media and big uh, tech covered it, and it couldn't be refuted. There was no way to refute an anonymous leak, a confidential leak. Now we had, and you had guys like Adam Schiff who would go out and say, I looked at the confidential stuff. It looks really terrible. You couldn't refute it because you couldn't say where. He wasn't allowed to say. He'd say, well, I can't tell you specifics. I just can tell you it's damning. And he's presented by the narrative machine as authoritative. Now what's happened? We're seeing, oh, it's nuclear secrets. We can't show you them. We can't tell you much more because it's secret. It's really important, but it's bad. It's bad. And you're in a position where the narrative machine is driving half the country to believe that something terrible happened and that what's in that terrible search uh, uh, warrant documents is stuff that's just so bad, but we can't talk about it. And we have the same kind of narrative machine generated hoax that can drive the country. And if you're one of the people, a third of the country believes it already. They want Trump in jail. And a third of the country, MAGA, MAGA America, says no way. In the middle, the question is, what do they see? And more and more to me, it looks like they've gone too far. You have to hope so. But you watch the power of the narrative machine. Same thing with January 6th, right? The narrative machine was big government, the J6 select committee saying, oh, look at all these terrible things that happened. Oh, boy, we we can't tell you everything, but it's really bad. It's really bad. And the media goes, oh, it's really bad. It's really bad. What was it? What was it? It was nothing. And so we're watching the narrative machine generate the newest hoax. It's the Na- the, Mal- the Mar-a-Lago, Mar-a-Lago nuclear documents hoax nuclear secrets at mar-a-lago that's the new hoax and the narrative machine big tech big media big government is at it again it's disastrous for the country but it's what's happening and we've got to figure out how to fight back so uh there you have it that's what you need to know please visit proamericareport.com and you can find out more but keep an eye out for the narrative machine big tech big media big government working together to force a truth on the american people In this case, the Mar-a-Lago nuclear secrets that Donald Trump somehow snuck out of the White House. What was he going to do? Give it to somebody? You got to give it to Kim Jong-un? It's just ridiculous. It's a ridiculous argument. It's a ridiculous thing. But it will be used for months and months and years to try to generate more for the hoax. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Time to catch up with my old friend, Mickey Kaus. In fact, uh, Mickey, I was thinking the other day, my daughter put on a hat from a, a restaurant called Gladstones. And I, 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 my wife and I ate there years ago. It's in Santa Monica and or no, it's in Malibu. I don't know. You'll explain. You'll remind me where exactly technically the and I think you and I went and met there once. So uh, Mickey Kaus, of course, yeah. is an author. He is a an essayist, I'd say. He's now sort of getting a burgeoning career on camera doing podcasts and all kinds of things, which I don't think anybody uh, expected because is well known for having a, uh, a face for radio. So welcome back, Mickey Kaus. How are you? I've fine. I've grown, I've grown a beard and that uh, improves my face. <laughs> there you go. That helps so. everything. Well, beards are very, yeah, beards are very significant. I, you know, what they, we, as I, a, as a St. Louis Cardinals fan, we traded one of our guys, Harrison Bader to New York and one of our former players, Matt Carpenter's up there and they all New York Yankees still don't let you have a beard and they don't let you have long hair. So they're all shaved up. It looks very odd. So don't, don't go to the Yankees. Okay. Okay, I don't think that's about to happen anytime soon. <laughs> All right, at Kaus Mickey on Twitter. He's got a sub stack I'll put up uh, also. Mickey, I saw you and um, and Coulter. Ann Coulter's got a podcast, a video podcast. You were on there talking about how uh, Republicans are in a position that Democrats are trying to lose, and yet Republicans won't seize the day. Let me just play this out. It, see, it feels to me like what what is going to happen is there's going to be a landslide. And the landslide is actually going to be because of mismanage of the economy, the open border, all the cultural stuff. But the Republicans, including Trump, are going to come away from the landslide and they're going to say it's because they went after Trump. And I think Trump will think that and feel that. And they I think that's your point is they're not they're not talking. I didn't I didn't watch your whole podcast. Let me be honest uh, that the Republicans are not seizing the, the fundamental issues at stake. Well, that's interesting. I'm I, I'm thinking that the Republicans are, uh, you know, what want to say it's all inflation, inflation, inflation. And the leadership of at least, at least the House, McCarthy and whoever designs their messaging is are they're they're downplaying immigration, which is a huge problem. Right. Uh, it will not go away even if inflation goes away. And they're, they're even downplaying crime. And it, as Coulter says, it's in, it's immigration, crime, wokeness. Those are three issues that will not go away. And they're ignoring them uh, because the donors want to be able, when the Republicans back, get back into power, to cut some amnesty deal that lets them get their low price immigrants in. So that's what I'm scared of. It's interesting. And the Trump, the Trump angle, you say, is 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 interesting if they all want to. If they want to say it was all about Trump, that still lets the donors cut an immigration deal because Trump is a bit of a weak read there. Yeah. And yep. Uh, uh, so uh, that fits in with the theory. They either want to say it was inflation or because of uh, the overreaching against Trump. Uh, that gives them a new a new a new way to ignore the actual issues. Uh, which is a big problem. I mean, there's also the theory that McCarthy doesn't want to win too big a majority because that gets in all sorts of crazy people who are going to push him to do things the donors don't want. 
Yeah, you know, I, I, but you I, believe I, that? I, yeah, no, I don't believe it. I heard someone in the Freedom Caucus tell me that if we could end up with, you know, uh, the majority by eight or 10 uh, votes, the Freedom Caucus is in charge. Right. I mean, because, as you know, um, there are more um, wild characters that come into Congress who think they're going to stay strong and they get a, a taste of the high life. And the I, I don't know whether <laughs> what was the guy that I already forgot his name, the guy from North Carolina that, that lost to Madison, whatever. Uh, they they go to the parties and then they're like gone right so I I I don't know I, I don't I don't think my thing is though unless they steal it I think the Republicans I don't I don't think anybody's reading it right I think the polls are nonsense I think Republicans Republicans going to win a hundred seats I really do I think it's going to be an absolute people just and by the way in two years they might lose the presidency uh, the Republicans might lose whoever they whoever they put up I think it's whipping back and forth a lot but Mickey we're talking Mickey Kaus you you were an early blogger uh, wrote a, a blog you wrote a, a column for decades. You're a writer observer. Have you ever seen it? And how do you explain the fact that the border situation is more dramatic than ever? I mean, I have on Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies almost every week, and he tells me about how. There's now the superhighway and the whole world knows it's time to come. This is the time to get to America. And it's, it's happening like day after day. And yet, Mickey, I mean, again, you, you're, you've been on the edge of communication, whether it's uh, the podcast now or blogging. The media is not covering it. Nobody's covering it. And nobody's really getting any traction to cover it. And you could say, oh, well, there's lots of blog sites and all. I don't think that anybody. It's a five alarm fire. And you and Coulter are, 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 are and a few others are talking about it. Well, they're sneaking in millions and millions of people. Millions. And, and Mallorca's theory is if he makes it routine, like they're processed like efficiently, like at an airport, and there are no crowds of Haitians camped under the bridges, the media won't cover it because they bust them in the dead of night. They just blend in. You know, they go to they go to work. They just blend into the communities. And unless you're paying attention, you don't notice that there, you know, there are now two, three million more people in the country, and and they're continuing, and we're attracting them from all over the world. At some point, the media will pay attention, but they really do not want to pay attention now because the media is on one side, uh, and it, unless they're the compelling visual images, uh, you know, they won't cover it. Uh, and that's that's New York. I, I didn't think he'd get away with it. I thought that was crazy. But what is the you know, I, I'm, I just did a search because the phrase that's used, you know, the the bishops can't use the same phrase that the Biden administration was using safe, orderly and humane. Right. We have to make it safe, orderly. We can't let anybody be uncomfortable, you know, and, and it's all like, oh, OK. You know, of course, if you didn't let them touch soil in America, you wouldn't have to do anything. You, But what they're doing is saying make it safe, orderly, humane, and we'll put them in the legal system. And you and I both go on for days about how the legal system is totally broken. It won't work. But my back to my question, which you didn't answer. Usually when there's something people want to see because it's dramatic, the media will eventually get there. And in this case, they really aren't getting there. I mean, every day there's the same stuff that there's been last three months ago. There's people dying. There's sexual trafficking. There's drugs. There's drama. Uh, and other than Breitbart and I, I mean, a few others, um, there's no coverage and it's not even catching on. You'd think at a certain point, like, well, Fox would Fox had a little bit of coverage, but not much. Well, wh- why isn't the answer that they're on one side? Well, I guess, they, they, I guess it is. I guess it. They, I guess it is. They don't. Fox, you know, Murdoch has always been goes back and forth. Uh, is he pro-immigration? Is he not? 
you know, does he want to let the world in or not? And 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 so maybe he's on he's on one of his let the world in jags, and uh, and and the media wants doesn't want the Democrats to lose. Uh, so I mean that's this is clearly a winning issue for Republicans, so they aren't covering it, so it doesn't show up in the polls. So then the people look at the polls and say, well, the voters don't care about this immigration thing. Uh, well, that's crazy. Yeah, no, I think it is the answer, but it's it's like a lot of things right now. It's so stark and obvious now. I mean, you know, really, let's be honest. Ten years ago, we could have had this conversation and, and you could have said, Ed, you know, the Murdochs are not that they don't really want this. Uh, they don't want. And yet you you feel like there was more um, coverage. Here's another example. Um, Trump. He gave a he gave a video response to the raid on his uh, place the other day, and even Fox didn't show the video. So you got a situation where, and he he earned these people more money than anybody's earned cable news since like OJ Simpson, right? And 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 the, and they didn't cover it, and they're not covering it, and it's incredible. Well, I don't know, discipline. Well, Fox. Fox has made a, a, a conscious decision to sideline Trump. Right. Uh, that's pretty clear. That doesn't have to, that isn't necessarily about immigration. Whatever Trump wants to talk about, Fox doesn't want to give him uh, the soapbox. Uh, that that's a that's a top level. Murdoch or his son has decided that. Uh, and you know, remember, they they wanted to 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 zap. They wanted to get rid of Trump before he even ran. They tried to get rid of him in that first debate. Right. Uh, and they failed. So this is this is just them just going back to the way they've always been. But that isn't necessarily about immigration. They could still cover immigration if they want to promote Ron DeSantis. He's going to talk about immigration. So right. why isn't Fox talking about immigration? That's that's the second issue. And I, I can't believe Tucker's not. Tucker must be talking about it. I mean, well, not not right? that much, a little bit, yeah, a little bit, not that much though. I mean, not not again, not, um, not, not among other things, but uh, you know, uh, again, the outrage of the raid now is a hundred percent on everybody's mind. And and uh, all right, right. What, what what is your what's your thoughts? Um, Kevin McCarthy is no Paul Ryan, in my opinion. I, I don't know what I, I don't even know what I mean. I mean by he's, that. he's not that he's not that smart for one thing. Well, I yeah, if you think Paul Ryan was smart, I mean, I, I just because you hang around with Jack Kemp and 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 have lengthy quotes doesn't. <laughs> doesn't make you smart where I come from, but I'm, I'm from New Jersey, not uh, wherever. Uh, well, but it, doesn't, it doesn't take much to be smarter than Kevin McCarthy, <laughs> but, but we don't need smart, right? Newt was smart, really smart. Right. I mean, uh, well, that's, but, that's why, that's why I was originally for McCarthy instead of Ryan. He, he will dumbly follow what's in his interest. And if the voters want to control immigration, he will, he will do what whatever is necessary. And but but so when guys like Joe Kent get through the primary and are coming and they're MAGA, are you feeling like observing that there'll be enough push to uh, Kevin McCarthy's right on immigration that they might do something? What? No, I don't think they might do something. And if they do something, you know, Biden It'll will be veto bad. it. Right, but they right. might, but they might not do something stupid. And they, 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 I maybe you're wrong. I see the next two years, assuming the Republicans win the House, as a defensive fight. In other words, in other words, you want to block. There'll be another push for amnesty, which will change our nation forever, and the and the Republicans have to block it. Okay, and I think there are enough to block it. I don't think there's enough to do anything good about changing the rules of amnesty. You know, uh, you know, building the wall, installing E-Verify, all the things you'd have to do to actually stop the surge. Uh, the Republicans can't do it from the House alone, or even the House and the Senate with Biden in the White House. 
so the Republicans have it's a two step process. They have to win the midterms. And then I think you have to win the presidency. Well, I, but I had Congressman um, uh, Jason Smith uh, at our Collegians Day, our Phyllis Schlafly Eagles Collegians Day. And he spoke about how Biden has withheld already appropriated one point four billion dollars for the wall. He said he's not just he's not decided he doesn't want to do. He just withheld it. And 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 Jason Smith made some maybe it was on camera, maybe it was off. I don't care. I'll quote him. He said, you know, and, and Trump got in trouble for calling up the Ukrainian president saying we're not giving you the money until, you know, we're holding back some whatever. Uh, could, they could do something like that. And, and, and if you're trying to win in 2024 and you got somebody like Trump, you could have some of Trump's allies saying, let's make it about building the wall. If they find a way to block that, we're, we're using one of our issues. Maybe I'm, I'm just coming up. I agree with you on all the rest of that. I just the. Um, well, you, you think Biden will. We'll give them the wall if they do what? Well, no, I think that they could say they could. They're going to the only thing going to have is appropriation, right? It's a budget fight. So you could tr- right. try to force right. them to force him to spend money that he's not using or start to, you know, to uh, to do. Um, uh, oh, I mean, my problem is that oh, likely, okay. the, the, the likelihood that you're going to have oversight hearings that have lots of uh, smoke and very little fire seem about 100 percent. Right. Jim Jordan, whoever. And, and what are they doing yeah. strategically saying something like, let's get to to the bottom of the paper trail who said the money we voted to appropriate that was signed by the president Trump and is supposed to be spent is being held. Who's doing it and start to put somebody in the, in the hot seat and see if you can force somebody to say, okay, we'll, we'll do that. And if they don't, you say, why would the uh, executive branch be holding back money? What's the reason? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm talking politics, but trying to break through on something uh, it, it seems to me, uh, look, if we do the same thing we always did, we'll get a tax cut past and an amnesty deal through yeah that's my problem uh, god yeah <laughs> that's, that's the problem but you don't you think there's a chance of following these 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 millions of people who are pouring into the country follow them to where they go they're hanging around job sites presumably they 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 they, they, they are somewhere mm-hmm. okay they're affecting the labor market they're they're lowering the wages for the natives and the legal people who are already here uh you would think that you could there would be some way to get that story, even though they're not giving you any any dramatic television images. Yeah, uh, I mean, I would I would uh, hope so. I would hope so. But, you know, what, what if you get the economy? I mean, it depends where the economy is, probably. And I don't know. That's that's a that's a longer. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Breitbart's got that piece up that in the last 24 hours of a, the woman reporter who followed one of the one of the people that came up from Texas, you know, the illegals. And and it's just reads like right. a, reads like a, a comedy script. Uh, and and here we are. And it's not um, you know, it's not catching on for uh, lots of reasons. And my argument, uh, Mickey, is that the narrative machine, which is big tech, big media and big government that decides the narrative and, and not just decides it, but then manages and holds back the things that would break the narrative and pushes the others. The narrative machine is not covering it. And eventually the narrative machine will be covering things like wages are up for certain this already. I mean, Ron Klain is is tweeting that wages are up he, in a normal world. He's the chief of staff to the president. He would be drummed out of the core of functioning human beings. And instead, we're a, a third or 50 percent of the nation is having a conversation about how wages are up. I mean, it's insanity. That is crazy. But he got he got he got roasted for that. I mean, because wages are, of course, down in real terms with inflation. Right. right. Uh, yeah. the, uh, but um, you, no, you're right. If 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 the economy booms and, you know, and despite the millions of immigrants, wages go up a bit, even though they would have gone up more if the immigrants weren't here. 
uh, that's a hard one to win. That then you're at the, the the end of the 20th century in 19, you know, yeah. 1995. Exactly. We right. had a booming economy and yep. immigrants were pouring in, but people didn't care because the economy was booming. Yeah, exactly. And it crashed, and they cared. Yeah, exactly. You know, then it's too late. For, yeah, we can't root for that. But all right, I got to run. Mickey Kaus, thanks as always at Kaus Mickey on Twitter. His Substack, I'll put up. Uh, appreciate it very much, Mickey. Thanks. Informative as always. All Thank right. You. Good to talk. We'll talk soon. I'm Mickey Kaus. Everybody will uh, put this up over at ProAmericaReport.com and be right back. Ed Martin here on the ProAmerica Report. Back in a minute. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the ProAmerica Report. Time to catch up with Adam Anjevsky. Adam Anjevsky is the founder and the leader of Open the Books. If you go to OpenTheBooks.com, you will find a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff to look at, a lot of research that's done. And usually, uh, Adam has the ability, has, has a knack to lead uh, some of the stories, or maybe he causes them. I don't know which. And uh, we sort of follow. He had a big piece uh, uh, of research that was done on uh, Dr. Fauci and his uh, team and how they benefited from patents and their salaries and all sorts of things. And uh, the transparency revolution is what he refers to. Open the books every dime online in real time. Welcome back, Adam. How are you? Well, thanks for having me back, Ed. It's great to be here. So I saw this one. You got a report, an oversight report on the Export-Import Bank, which most people don't even know really what that is. Um, in, in one of the things you describe is there's almost 50,000 transactions from 2007 to 2021. Uh, uh, I guess it's uh, what uh, uh, over $200 billion in funds dispersed. But what exactly, Adam, is the Export-Import import bank and what why do people why should the american citizen look up and wonder what's going on well, i think most people recognize that u.s foreign aid is probably the first place to cut if they were president and what most people don't even know is that we have a, a special bank at the united states government level called the export import bank it's not like your local credit union in fact you and i and everybody else every other taxpayer in this country backs the lending of this bank uh, mostly to large corporations who don't need taxpayer help. But since 2007, our auditors at OpenTheBooks.com have quantified $234 billion worth of approved transactions, over $201 billion we've backed on risky loans around the country. And we've just asked, I mean, around the world, these risky loans. And we've, we've asked one question, how does subsidizing dictators propping up authoritarian regimes and destabilizing domestic industries. How's that good for growth? Uh, well, and, and, but, but what, so it's a bank. So should the average citizens say to themselves, well, it's a bank. And so when, uh, one of the examples I think was a uh, Boeing, Boeing got $66 billion in that period, a uh, 14 year period, or Mexico got uh, $17 uh, billion in that period. No, 17, wait, is it $17 trillion? Mexico got, no, that can't be right. It must be a billion, yeah. billion, 17 billion. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm losing, uh, I'm losing, there was it's a, okay. There's so, a lot of zeros. A in lot the- of zeros. So, but do they pay it back? Is this are we supposed to feel better about this? Because, like when there was bailouts, everyone said later, "Well, you were bailed out." You know, you, Adam Anjevsky doesn't get a bailout if his credit card gets too high, but if you happen to be Goldman Sachs, you might. Uh, as the economy crashed, is that the argument here that it's it's we are paying the 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 interest and the cost, but we get paid back? So the bank will make the argument that using government accounting standards 
billion dollars over the next decade where, you know, U.S. senators, taxpayer protection groups and even Delta Airlines, they did a study that if you if you actually used accounting methods like fair value accounting, like regular corporations are required to lose, then on a fair value accounting basis, the Export Import Bank over the next 10 years will lose two billion dollars. Right. So so this thing is. You know, it's risky loans. A lot of these loans go belly up. And when they go belly up, taxpayers guarantee all of it. We insure all of it. And so you're right. One out of every three dollars since 2007 went to back airplane exports from the Boeing Corporation. I mean, it's a stunning amount of money. Sixty six billion dollars on two hundred and one billion of shipped goods that U.S. taxpayers provided the guarantees and the insurance on the loans uh, were went into the pockets of Boeing. Now, for three years under the Trump administration, you see Trump wouldn't appoint board members to the Export-Import Bank. Therefore, they didn't have a quorum. They couldn't do the big loans like to Boeing. And Boeing was just fine. Mm, wow. Um, wow. That's an interesting detail. Um, the and, 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 and this is a bank whose membership board members are appointed by the president. Like I, I think they're confirmed by the Senate. And then they sort of it's like I, mean, I hate to do this, but it's like the Fed. Right. It's another entity created sort of parallel to American uh, government. Not I mean, not to say it, it's it's not extra outside of the Constitution. I don't think there's an import export bank uh, under the Constitution or export import bank. So outside of is that when you look at the sort of accountability the transparency revolution we're talking with adam angievsky open the books.com there is the accountability uh, among other things the transparency is lacking but the accountability because you can't ring up your your uh, export import bank manager and say what are you doing right it's outside of our control yeah and a lot of the lending goes to people who just don't like america so for example the fifth, the country receiving the fifth most uh, loan guarantees and insurance is actually China, followed by Turkey, number six. Number three is Saudi Arabia, right? So you have you have a lot of spots around the world that just don't. You know, they're not playing nice with us, but we're sitting there and we're guaranteeing all these exports into their country. And many times the receivers of the of the exports are China owned or or state owned enterprises in those in those receiving countries. Uh, with Adam Anchevsky is our guest. Open the books dot com um, to the does the export import bank. Do you know, I, I imagine in this report or maybe maybe it's something that's coming next. Do they have thousands of employees? Do we have a catalog? I, I'm, I'm going to say it, tongue in cheek, but I, I mean it in the sense that you'll get, you know, is Paul Pelosi or one of the Pelosi family uh, a paid consultant? I mean, do they have does the swamp? It must be that much money sloshing around. There must be uh, bureaucrats and the connected politicos that are that are uh, uh, belly up to the trough. Well, that you're probably right about that. So they have a $52 million annual payroll, which is pretty significant. They employ about 400 people. And the average salary at the Export-Import Bank is $131,000 per employee. Hmm. Now, they had eight employees that were paid on a on par with a cabinet secretary. So eight employees made nearly $200,000 last year. Those were the oh. highest salaries at the bank. 
Wow. Okay. Well, I think that's, uh, I, I will. And are, are they semi, semi quasi governmental? So you can't, you guys can't sunshine uh, the person of the staff salaries. Is that something that you're blocked from? No, we, we have, we have their payrolls. We have their checkbook spending. We actually oh. have the uh, 47,000 individual tr- lending transactions since 2007. Wow. So we've captured all of that and we, we give it oversight. Here's, here's something that, that everybody listening to the program, you got to follow me with this, but this is a special piece of legalized money laundering. Now it's all legal, but it is, I mean, it is quite the confluence of interests here. So, so bank, and, um, you know, Bank of America, name the bank. Mm-hmm. They're the bank that makes the loan. The export, you know, most of the time, the export import bank then obligates the U.S. taxpayer to guarantee or ensure that bank's loan. Okay. Okay. There's a special bank created. It's called uh, PEFCO, Private Export Funding Corporation. And PEFCO is chartered specifically by Congress to only trade in the export-import bank loans. And so they can only make a loan if it's guaranteed by Export-Import Bank. Guess who owns PEFCO? You got Boeing Corporation. You got J.P. Morgan Chase. You've got you've got the same manufacturers and lenders that are making the loan or exporting the products and benefit benefiting from the U.S. taxpayer guarantees of the Export Import Bank. That also own the bank that made the second most number of lending transactions. So they're double dipping the taxpayer guarantee out of the export import bank. It's a level of insiderism, cronyism, insider trading that we, you know, that we didn't expect to find, but it's there. Uh, Adam Andrzejewski is our guest. Again, uh, his uh, website, openthebooks.com, a lot there. Um, uh, another time I want to ask you about the IRS, but I want to finish with this. So, so it, it is the, you know, um, I remember people that that movement when Dr. Ron Paul, Congressman Ron Paul was out there and he was initially it was abolish the Fed. And he realized that I, I think it, it popularly people thought that was a bridge too far. And if the shift was to audit the Fed, you know, let's get to the bottom of the Fed. And that's kind of what uh, Open the uh, Books does, uh, this transparency revolution. But now that you see what you see, what's the answer? I mean, is the answer more accountability? Is the answer shut this thing down? What what are you what's your instinct in terms of policy? Because sometimes you'll shine a light, Adam, and you'll say, look, this is the light we see. You guys go make a policy argument. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you later. That's not your job necessarily. California has all these employees that make lots of money. Californians can decide what they do. You may, you know, we may say, hey, take a look at this. In this case, is this thing so messy, so insider, so fraught with uh, kind of, I don't know, against our, our interests that there's no way to save it? Or could you envision some way that it would be effective? No, I think you got to get rid of it. Um, I think that the Export-Import Bank is a relic from the Roosevelt presidency in 1934 during the Great Depression, uh, where, you know, he established this thing to guarantee our exports overseas and try to create domestic jobs. And today it basically, you know, it's it's the Bank of Boeing and it it's a relic from the past for three years republican a republican majority in congress uh you know they stalled any renewal of it 
but they didn't shut it down. Hmm. They should have shut it down. Wow. Yeah. By the way, uh, on the audit, the fed, we, yeah. uh, we did, we tried to do that ourselves and we're going to have to sue the fed. We uh, filed the freedom of information act request for the checkbook of the federal reserve, where they spent our money on a transaction by transaction basis. They rejected our request saying they don't have a checkbook. They refused to turn over a single <laughs> transaction and denied. They even have a checkbook at the fed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a good one that's coming. All right. Adam Anjevsky, thank you as always. And I encourage people to take a look over there. We're touching the, the, the tip of the iceberg of all the different reports. Adam and his team are doing the transparency revolution. There's nobody that's doing it like he is. And, and if in your, if you're in your local area, if you're at a county level, I've had his people come in to talk to some of our uh, colleagues and say, Hey, this is how you do this where you are. It's not just let, let us show you how great we are. It's how you, how can you make this stuff work in your own areas? Thank you, Adam, for the time. Ed, thank you. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. For many years, Phyllis Schlafly championed the idea of celebrating Independence Day by reading the Declaration of Independence, which, of course, is the foundation of the holiday itself. By reminding ourselves of one of our nation's most important founding documents, we're better able to center our own efforts to preserve the heritage of liberty that our forefathers left behind for us. The average reader can take on the whole document in less than 20 minutes. For 33 years, National Public Radio host Steve Inskeep partook of the annual tradition of reading the Declaration of Independence on the air on Independence Day. This year, he dismantled the tradition in favor of using that time to host a woke discussion on the meaning of equality. Well, Steve is certainly free to celebrate Independence Day however he'd like on his own time. Remember that National Public Radio is funded by our tax dollars. If our government institutions can't even stomach the idea of reading the Declaration of Independence on Independence Day, conservatives should give real pause to the question of what might happen in our nation on July 4th, 2026. On that date, America will officially reach her semiquincentennial or 250th anniversary. Such an important date should be marked by joyous celebrations. But what can we expect if so many of our leaders don't believe that America is worth celebrating? Will parades and fireworks be replaced with panel discussions about how evil our founding fathers might have been? What monument or memorial might they commission since the left has demonstrated that no statue is safe from being vandalized or destroyed? Even the American flag itself is an offense to some people. An event the size of America's semiquincentennial, 250 years, it requires years of planning beforehand. And this means we must start now. Every vote you cast for the next four years will be for leaders who will decide whether our nation celebrates or mourns on July 4th, 2026. As you pick your candidates, ask yourself who you trust to celebrate America when she reaches her next big milestone birthday. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Whether it's the vision of our founding fathers, the courage of our veterans, the moral compass of Christopher Columbus, or the fortitude of presidents like Lincoln and Reagan, the truth of history should not be undercut by liberal ideology. At Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, we honor history even as we look to the future. Join us at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, let me finish up with a quick uh, alert for you all. An alert. Uh, Twitter announced a few days ago in the middle of this past week that they would begin to do their um, uh, pre-bunking in anticipation of the 2022 November elections. They're starting to pre-bunk, which is like debunk, but pre-bunk, which means they can see the future. They can predict the future. They're the ones that know what everybody intended or means, and therefore they're going to pre-bunk, which is put in Twitter feeds a message that gets ahead of what they think is uh, disinformation. So they don't have to wait till after false information comes out to debunk it. They pre-bunk it. Well, think about that. Who decides? Now you say, oh, there's people that are yelling about that right now. It's true. But you have to look backwards. They did this already. They did this before the 2020 election, and they called it pre-bunks. And what they did was that at the top, they admit this, at the top of users' feeds, they would preemptively put notices about what? And here's where it gets crazy. In October of 2020, Twitter was already putting messages at the top of Twitter feeds to say it's totally false to claim that there's voter fraud. It's totally false to say that there's problems with uh, uh, mail-in ballots or ballot uh, harvesting. In other words, Twitter was on message with what the Democrats wanted the message to be afterwards. Now, how can it be pre-bunk? What's wrong with saying before an election, hey, it's COVID time. We're going to have an unprecedented number of uh, mail-in ballots. We should worry about this. Why wouldn't that be good? Because Twitter said so. (laughs) The narrative machine runs on and on. It's big tech, big media, and big government. And it's undermining this country. All right, we got to run. Thank you, as always, to Noah Dingley and uh, Joanna Spilger for helping with this program. Thank you for listening. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.